before today, you might want to have me on speaker view if you have, for those of you who are, have a monitor, uh, I'm going to flash just a couple of times to a PowerPoint that I have as we discuss this time when God just got completely fed up with the Israelites. And so we'll, we'll consider this idea today of God's grace because we mess up so many times. Does God's grace ever run out? <laughs> Does he ever get so fed up that he would possibly ever say something, I will save you no more? That's a scary thought. And it's a thought that really we need to have in our minds knowing uh, how sinful we are. So please, uh, please. Consider the thoughts. You can follow on the outline if you happen to receive it. But everything comes from Judges chapter 10. And uh, in, uh, in, in Judges, I actually uh, was able to get, all right, so I, I think I've got it here now. Hopefully you can see this. Uh, I want to put this first slide up. I went to uh, thebibleproject.com, and they have a lot of neat things, and they really summarize the books really well and do so with um, with some great graphics and some great videos and stuff, and they really have a different way of looking at things a lot, and sometimes it's good. Every once in a while, it's not so great, but I, I'm using their part of their picture from the book of Judges, and in that, they make this point that is very clear about judges that when Israel came in with Joshua and they drove out the Israelites, or they drove out, excuse me, the Canaanites, the people of the land that God wanted them to drive out, they failed to drive them all out. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. And so it was going to be a thorn in their side uh, for the rest of their existence. And what happens then, since they didn't drive the people out, they entered this time uh, where they would cycle uh, through uh, this, they would go from times of peace, and during that time of peace, you know, blessings from God, they would often look at the peoples who were in their lands and turn to the idols of those enemies around them and worship other gods, and that was their sin. After that sin, you know, God would get tired of that sin, and so he would let them uh, be oppressed by the nations around them. So God would hand them over to their adversaries, as was read in the uh, scripture reading today. And they'd be oppressed for a time, oppressed by their enemies until things got so bad, then they would finally cry out to the Lord and repent and ask for the Lord's forgiveness and ask God to deliver them. And God would provide a deliverer. And that's where uh, the judges would come in. God would pick a judge. He would provide a deliverer to come in and be their leader and to deliver them from the hands of their enemies and lead them again into a time of blessing, a time of peace. And then the cycle continues. Peace, sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance. Sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, peace, sin, oppression, you know, just rinse and repeat, you know, it's just over and over again. So today we're going to consider, uh, we're going to consider Judges chapter 10. When we get to Judges chapter 10, we're going to, uh, we're going to find the first five verses 
introduce us to uh, I believe it's the the seventh or the, excuse me the sixth and seventh judge. So here they are. We we've gone through several cycles already where they've they've uh, they've been sinful, turned away from God, and were handed over to their enemies, and then God delivered them, and they received blessings again. This is like the sixth and seventh time that they've gone through this cycle. So now we get to verse number six. Verse number six in Judges chapter 10 says, Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, served the Baals and the Ashtaroth, the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the sons of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines. Thus they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. Again, once again, the cycle continues. God was blessing them. Now they've they've turned away from God. They do evil again. God's people doing evil. Verse number seven. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the sons of Ammon. So the, here, you, you know, does God get angry? <laughs> does, does God ever have wrath? You know, because we we believe that God's anger and his wrath was put upon Jesus, really, at the cross. God punished his own son because of our sins. That's what had to happen to serve as that atonement, that satisfaction, of the, um, uh, the satisfaction to, to be a sacrifice for our sins. That's what happened. Yes, God does get angry. He gets angry at sin. He doesn't, he doesn't rejoice in our sin. He gets angry at our sin. His anger burns against us when we sin, and it burned against Israel. So he sold them into the hands of their enemies. Uh, and, you know, he sold them. Well, if he's going to redeem them later, if God redeems us, that means he buys us back. So that means he had to sell us at some point in time. So he sold them into the hands of their enemies. The cycle continues. The oppression begins. On to verse number 8, and we'll read 8 through 10. They afflicted and crushed the sons of Israel that year. Listen to that. They afflicted and crushed the sons of Israel that year. For 18 years, they afflicted all the sons of Israel who were beyond the Jordan and Gilead. That'd be the east side of the Jordan River. Verse number nine, the sons of Ammon crossed the Jordan to fight also against Judah, Benjamin, and the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was greatly distressed. So listen to that. Now, I'm going to stop there at verse number nine. They were greatly distressed. How long, how long had this taken place? 18 years. You know, here we are, we don't even make it 18 days in our current distress, 18 days later, and we're like, oh, this is horrible, this is terrible, I can't believe we're going through this, how will we ever survive? This is nothing, you know, and that makes you wonder, is this from God? If it were from God, it would be, it would be bad, it would be really bad, we would be afflicted and crushed for 18 years. Can you imagine going through what we're going through now, doing that for 18 years, having having a plague that's ravishing the world for 18 years, afflicting and crushing, killing people for 18 years? 
That's that's a God kind of thing. That's what God does. So what we're going through right now, it might be something from God. I'm not saying it's not, but compared to this, we've got nothing going on. It's just a little little speed bump in the road to slow down and, and go over, and then life goes on its merry way. That's what we're hoping for, isn't it? And that's what we pray for. And I, I do pray God gets us through that and that this is all it takes for us to get shaken up a little bit so we can turn back to him because that what is what needs to happen. But here they are. I mean, this is 18 years. They are afflicted and crushed. And when it says they were greatly distressed, this, this, is, this is beyond anything that we can imagine. They are greatly distressed. They're in great despair. So then verse number 10 says, Then the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, for indeed we have forsaken our God and served the Baals. Eighteen years later, Israel finally figures out, they finally humble or humbled to the point where they can say, we have indeed sinned. We really have. We've messed up bad. We've turned away from you. We've gone to other gods, and it was wrong. And they cry out to God. 11 through 13. The Lord said to the sons of Israel, (laughs) and I, I put in the notes, the Lord considers their history. All right, let me just pause and think about this, God says. All right, you're crying out to me now. It's been 18 years I've been trying to get your attention. You're finally turning to me and say, admitting your sin. So let me think about this. The Lord said to the sons of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians, the Am, the Amorites, the sons of Ammon, and the Philistines? Also when the Sidonians, the Amalekites, and the Manites oppressed you, you cried out to me. And I delivered you from their hands. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will no longer deliver you. I was reading in the New American Standard. The ESV puts it this way. I will save you no more. And I can say that a lot nice and just kind of say it like, I will save you no more. But this is after 18 years that the Lord has been allowing them to be crushed and afflicted. This is 18. And beyond that, he's already been angry at them for the time that they, you know, previous to that, when they turned to the other gods. And remember, the anger of the Lord burned against them. And he he is so fed up with them. He's saying, all of these times, let me list them. Man, from the time that I brought you out of Egypt, you would, I'd take you out in the desert. I'd give you manna and you'd start complaining. You'd turn away from me. How many times, as you've been reading through this, this is, we're almost caught up to where we're at in the reading. How many times have you heard God wipe out thousands of his own people because they turned away from him and rebelled against him? So it's, This is the anger of God. And he's saying, I will save you no more. Verse number number 14. God says, go and cry out to the gods which you've chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your distress. God says, I'm done. I'm finished. 
I've tried to help you over and over and over and over and over again, and you keep turning away from me. You know, those gods you keep going to, just just stick with them. Let them help you in your time of distress, because I am done. Verse 15. The sons of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Only please deliver us this day. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. Stop right there a second. Israel's response was, yeah, you're right, God. You're right. And we deserve whatever you decide to do to us. Oh, but please, oh, please deliver us. Please help us. And they didn't stop there with just those words. Then they repented. They truly repented. They had the right words, and then they had the right actions. So it says, verse number 16, it's so important. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. They got back on the right path. They were humbled. The the distress and the affliction had served its purpose. Now they are bowing before God. They are They're crushed before him, turning to him, knowing he's the only one who can save them. He's the only one who can help, and they start serving him. And whether or not he he helps them, delivers them, they say it doesn't matter. We really want you to deliver us, but we know we need to do what we need to do, and that's get right with you. They repented. They didn't just verbalize it and say, we're so sorry, and, and just keep going back to it. Oh, we're sorry. Oh, we're sorry. Oh, we're sorry. No, it's... Repentance is turning away from that sin, changing the way you think, and getting on the right path. And now notice at the end of verse number 16, as God's people have repented and turned to God and really start serving him, and they have humbled themselves before him. Verse 16 says, and he could bear the misery of Israel no longer. Man, and you get... What a what a wonderful bit. You know, when we're when God's people are suffering, he it it hurts him. He can't stand it when we're suffering. He it's like he's there feeling it with us. He can't bear it. He can't stand it. He won't put up with it. But it took the people repenting and turning back to God to get him to pay attention and to be able to turn to them. So if God can't stand it. If God can't bear their misery any longer, what's he going to do? What's going to happen next? Well, whoever he's going to pick somebody to be that judge, to be that deliverer, he's going to save them. He's going to provide a way because he could bear their misery no longer. God will save. But there was that time. Not too long ago, right before this, where he told him, he says, I will save you no more. God will punish sin. But God, when they repent, actually, and start serving God, then he's, uh, he's going to be right there with us and help us through whatever it is that we need to get through. This passage is a wonderful one. I um, 
uh, I think I first grabbed hold of it when I was at Freed Hardeman. And I was in a class, it was my senior year, and it was a class on apologetics. You know, it's kind of proving, you know, does God really exist? Is the Bible really from God? Um, and the teacher for that class invited an AIDS patient to come in. I'm pretty sure he was an AIDS patient. He had, um, he had a, a, an illness that was, you know, threatening his life. And he wasn't a believer. He didn't believe in God. And he talked about all the reasons, I think. I don't really remember what all he talked about, but but I know he didn't believe in God. Um, and I think part of that is human suffering. He just couldn't deal with the human suffering. And and I had this fresh in my mind when he was there. And I um, I remember thinking, I posed the, the thought to him. I, I just shared this little bit of the story. And, you know, when we when we repent and turn to God, he can't bear it when we hurt. He doesn't want us hurting. He doesn't want us suffering. He doesn't want this current distress that we're going through. He doesn't want it to continue, but he wants us to turn to him and serve him to repent so that he can provide blessings for us. That's how God works. He loves us so much. And I think this this story that occurred, you know, all these, you know, a couple thousand years ago, it just proves the point of how God's character is and how it still is, is that Exodus 34, six through seven proves true. I want you to consider this, this verse, Exodus 34, six and seven. And this is to Moses when he, God, he, he said, God, show me yourself. Show me your glory in the cleft of the rock. And you, Jesus, God said, you can see my backside. And here's what the passage says then. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. This is a description of God. This is, I think, the most concise description of God. This is a picture of who, who God is. It's his love and his grace. It's over. He's overflowing. He's bountiful in his blessings and his goodness, his forgiveness, loving kindness over and over and over and extends to the thousands and thousands. But you can push him too far. If you don't serve him, if you don't turn to him, he will punish the guilty. And he must. He must. Israel really put God to the test, and somehow he came through for them one more time, but it required their repentance. So this morning, we're, re we're, we're reminded of how gracious and loving and kind and good God is, but yet we're also reminded that, man, he can get angry at sin, and he should. It'd be terrible for him to just see us go our own way and to serve other gods and to mess up our lives and fill our lives with sin. If, if he didn't get mad at that, I wouldn't want to serve that God. So he will punish sin. And we need to take this very, 
very seriously. Um, and as we think about it, I just want to ask just some questions for us to consider and to think about how we're living and to determine how we're living, living this week. Do you ever forget God and serve yourself or other gods? Do you, do you think the Lord ever gets tired of delivering you and saving you, of forgiving you? You think he gets tired of going through the cycle? Come on, Eric, get on the right path. You got you on the right path. Now stick with it. Don't go back to the junk again. You think he ever gets tired of saving us, seeing us along, showing forgiveness? We can put him to the test. Don't do that. Do you need to consider now is a time to repent, to put away sin? and ask God for deliverance and to bring the blessings to your life that you need. I'm going to once again put up this, uh, this picture, if I can remember how to even do it here. So here we go. Here's the picture of the cycle. Sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, peace. Sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, peace. And as you look at this, this cycle and consider it, those of you who have the graphic up in front of you, there's a, uh, with the picture of peace where there are blessings, when there are, are walking close to God and obeying God, there's this time that comes where those people will kind of turn and look around them. And instead of focusing on God, they'll see some other things around them, some tempting things, the sinful things, the other gods, the way th- people are doing things around them. And we need to not turn our eyes towards those things. Let us not turn our eyes towards the pleasures, towards the, the powerful things, the, just the things of the world. Let us turn our eyes towards God and enjoy the blessings that he has given us. Because if we don't, there's nothing but misery, oppression, uh, being crushed by the world, being afflicted by the things of the world. That is not the way to go. And so I encourage you today is to take your eyes off the things of the world and turn your eyes upon Jesus. Trust in him. Don't put God to the test. Don't continue to turn to sin. Turn to Jesus and let him have your life. And as long as you are repenting and keep on growing in Christ Jesus and turning to him constantly, when you turn away, turn right back. And he is faithful and just, and he will forgive you of your sins if you'll just confess them to him. But keep growing in Christ, turning away from sin. And God will provide this wonderful, wonderful life that we have in him. So today, the invitations there, I encourage you to live for Jesus. Um, If there's somebody out there, you've never given your life to Christ, know that, you know, no matter what bad things you've done, no matter what bad things you've experienced, you know, God wants good things for you. And this story bears that out. He can't stand it when we are in misery, when we're suffering. God just wants us to turn to him and he'll be there for us as long as we turn to him. So give your life to Jesus. Give your life to God. Obey the Lord God today. And if anybody needs to respond in any way, let me know. Give me a text. Give me a call. Call me later. Whatever. Get a hold of me. Get a hold of somebody that you love in the congregation and get your life right with God. Because enjoying the blessings of God is is what God wants for us. 
So if you need to respond, do it now at this moment or do it later. Um, and you have a chance as we uh, sing this song of encouragement. 